This is Chatting Human Design, the place to be to hear how real people use human design in their everyday life. I'm so excited to have you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Chatting Human Design. I am your host, Janelle Turner. My guest today is a 5-1 sacral generator, finally a generator on the show. I know I've been projector crazy lately, but that's just what I've been attracting to be on the show. And I am so excited to have attracted Katie to be on the show. Welcome, Katie. Thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm glad that you're here. Um, I met Katie as I've been meeting a lot of people, which is Clubhouse. And I didn't think that was going to be a thing for me. And it's turning out to be like a big part of my most daily life, which is which is crazy. Like I am on there like three times a week now, which is insane. I moderate a group called Projector You're Invited now, which is recent. And it's been super fun. And I'm glad that I met you there. Um, why don't you tell us how you came to human design? Because it's it's sort of an interesting thing to just to, to get to. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, have, I host a podcast with my best friend and we uh started talking about kind of spiritual awakening kind of stuff and that's really kind of where we go uh and so I have a friend and I think you know her as well Cody Mm -hmm. and she very much is uh a human design uh guru much like yourself and so she kind of introduced it to me or introduced me to it and then so I've been on Clubhouse every morning with her trying to like dive a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. I get really confused when we talk about gene keys and all of that. So I'm excited about this because it's really kind of, <laughs> yeah, making it a lot more simple and mm-hmm. easier to understand. Good. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And you're dedicated, man, because when she says she's there in the morning, Cody's room is, it's 8 a.m. her time, my time at 7 a.m. So it's really... I don't, I barely get to it because I take my mornings very seriously, like my, my yeah. time and I feel bad. And I'm like, please do other rooms at different times. Cause I want to hang out, but 7am is, is early. So <laughs> congrats to you for being so dedicated to, uh, Cody's room. And she is also was a mem- uh, guest on the podcast. So that is oh, awesome, awesome that, yeah, she's great. And I'm glad that you were introduced to it. I was introduced to it on a podcast interestingly enough I was listening to the balanced blonde I think that was a podcast I was listening to and she just mentioned this woman named uh Jenna Zoe who's like a huge human design uh reader and teacher and speaker and all that kind of stuff and then I just kind of fell into it and had a love-hate relationship for a while and now it is really just helps me to simplify the way that I think about life and to understand that I'm here as an inconsistent being, which has been like a big theme for me lately. What, what did you think when you first saw your chart with all those shapes and lines and things? <laughs> it's, it's overwhelming. Because, uh, yeah. you know, when they say this is open or closed or you know, and then you see all these little lines going from one spot to another and it's 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 overwhelming, but I, I have enjoyed learning what I, the very little that I do know about it because it does mm-hmm. kind of, be, I am, my kids are generators, but I'm surrounded by projectors. Like 
the girl I run the podcast with, she's a projector mm-hmm. and my husband is a projector. And so we're kind of, yeah, understanding how we function together mm-hmm. has been really cool. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge thing because generators and manifesting generators make up most of the population. So to, to realize and notice and be aware of the other types in your life and go, oh, there's other people that don't do it the same way I do it, or I've grown up doing my whole life. Hmm, there's other ways. Like, it's really interesting to see. And I'm not saying that all generators and manifesting generators are the same in the way that they go about right. things, but your sacral energy, it makes you different. It, it just does. Yeah. And that's how it goes. And that's one of the things I love about human design is, is it, I use my least favorite phrase when I talk about human design, which is it is what it is. And I, I, that phrase has always frustrated me, but it's a very clear way of just of describing human design. You get your cards and you play with the cards that you're dealt. And that's just how it goes. And I also like that you touched on human learning human design and becoming familiar with it almost forces you to slow down and look at things in bite-sized pieces. Because if you look at your human design in one take, it is very overwhelming, just like you said. And I think it kind of makes you look at it in little chunks. And it has really helped me to not get too far ahead. Sometimes I want to jump ahead, just like you said, with gene keys and stuff. I'm like, oh, I Mm -hmm. want to try that. But then I get like overwhelmed and I'm like, okay, go back to your centers and strategy and authority and, and those like base things that I've learned and implemented in my life but I can still kind of reach for the, for the, for the other stuff and be like, Oh, let's, let's learn about incarnation cross or other things. And it can get really fun, but I just, I have to keep myself from getting too far ahead. Uh (laughs) So today's podcast is going to be kind of different. It's going to be a little bit of like a chart reading and it's going to be some questions and I'm just going to kind of go over what it's like to be Katie, the five, one sacral generator that you are. And we can go into the projector generator relationship too, because that's, that's huge. And it's something that, that you've got going on with your children and your husband and your business partners and all those things. Yeah. And I know what that's like. Cause I, all I do is attract projectors. I feel like I don't, I, I don't know what it is. And um, I think someone once told me that human design is really attractive to projectors because it can explain a lot of the reasons why we don't process things the same way and we don't work in the same way. And generators, manifesting generators are kind of like, nah, this is how we work. We do what lights us up. And if we don't like it, we leave it alone. So since we started with talking about generators, I'll continue in that in that vein. Uh, you're here to work and that can be sound like, I don't want to be the worker. Like who wants to be the worker? I don't, but you are. And the key to that that sentence and being a worker is doing what you love. So you're not here to work as a construction worker or as a police officer or as a nurse, just because those are hardworking jobs and everybody looks at them and goes, wow, what hard work that takes, physical, mental, all that stuff. If that doesn't light you up and it's not for you, it will exhaust you and frustrate you and it's not here what you're here to do. So, I mean, if that does light you up, if you love construction work and you're like, yeah, building houses is amazing, then yeah, that's your thing. Generators can have more than one thing. They can have something that's their thing for a few months or a year or a minute, and then it can be a different thing. So a lot of times I like to remind generators that 
if you're feeling like, what's my thing? Like what lights me up? I don't know what lights me up. How do I know? It's not a hard and fast rule of, I'm going to try this thing and it's going to light me up, or I'm going to respond to this with a yes. And it's going to light me up like crazy. It might not. It might, you might try something and go, Oh, I don't really like this thing. And then move on to the other thing, or you might like it for a short period of time. So I, I, I really, when I, when I do uh, readings for generators, I really like to emphasize that being lit up, isn't going to feel the same for everybody. And it's not going to feel the same for every experience that you have you just get used to how your body tells you that you like something or don't like something or may, or it's a maybe you can have maybes too. That's another thing. You're not all yes or no. And then empty space in between that can put a lot of pressure on generators, especially generators with open heads or undefined heads and undefined roots, which you have an undefined head and undefined roots. So you can feel a lot of pressure and the pressure to say yes or no can, can be like, no, like what if it's, what if I don't know? What if it's in between? Like, am I not doing it right? Am I not doing human design right? No, you can have maybes. And that just means you might need more time, especially with you, uh, because you've got a lot of open centers for a generator. You only have three defined centers. That's not very many, especially for generators. My husband is the same. He only has three defined centers. And when you have a lot of open centers, you take in a lot of stuff and that needs to be processed and flushed out and you need time to do those things. Usually we recommend grounding and all that stuff, but it's really personal and whatever works for you. So finding what light you up, lights you up is relative. It's not gonna be black and white and there's gonna be yes, no, and maybe. And I like to do this because, I like to say these things because a lot of times generators are like, oh, this is my list of things to do. Yes, no, respond. Uh, if it lights me up, yes. If it doesn't, do something else. And it's like, sometimes it's gray. Sometimes it doesn't fit in the categories. And you're like, I don't know what to do. Should I respond? Should I not respond? I must be doing this wrong because I don't know what to do. But the not knowing what to do and being aware is what it is. That's what it is. And you're doing it right. So yeah. That's my little cheerleader for <laughs> cheerleading um, series for generators is you're doing it right. Even if you don't think that you are, because a lot of times generators can get to this place of, if it doesn't look this way, I'm not doing it correctly. What, what, do you, what are your thoughts on all that stuff I just threw at you? <laughs> it's really fascinating. And, and I wish 15 years ago when I was in college, this would have been a thing that you know was more widely known because I went from social work to teaching to speech and language pathology to uh, nursing to I mean I, I didn't know what I wanted nothing mm -hmm. that at the time lit my fire and yeah. there was nothing that I thought you know and and it it was hard for my whole family because you know they, there's expectations and then you like you were saying there's that pressure Oh, and yeah. you wanted to do the right thing, but not knowing what the right thing, quote unquote, mm -hmm. was for you. Uh, so, and I, I like that you, you know, talk about finding those things that light you up because I didn't find the things that lit me up until I was in my thirties. And, you know, so, and, and that's a good thing to know, especially with generator children, mm -hmm. because 
finding the things because I also homeschool my kids um, and I'm a yoga teacher now, but uh, so like, you know, that lit me up in my thirties and I thought, well, I'm going to become a yoga teacher. So I did that. And then later on, you know, the podcast is, you know, I've just got so much energy with all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's just, it's a good thing to know, especially when you have kids that are generators yeah. because you want to foster that love of what lights them up. Yeah. And it's going to be, it might be something weird. It might be something you're like, okay, but I mean, if they love collecting bugs or rocks or whatever, or whatever it is, then you're, you're totally right. It's good to be like, oh, that is exciting for you. Then keep doing that. Um, And my oldest has said since he was in kindergarten that he wanted to be in marine biology and he has never faltered from, and he's in sixth grade now. So, I mean, you know, it still could change, but for the last, you know, when you're five years old and you go, well, I want to be a marine biologist you're like oh okay well guess we're fostering that <laughs> that's what I wanted to be when I was little really just yeah for a I long for it. a while I loved I loved marine life and whales whales are my favorite mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's really nice to see those things and also as a parent to recognize when there's something that they don't like like an activity they yeah. like like I hated t-ball my mom really wanted me to be into it and I was not into it and I mean, I grew up in the eighties and I feel like most parents at that time were like, try it for, you have to try it for the X amount of time before, you know, you don't just know Janelle, you don't just know. And I think sometimes we do, or we know a little bit faster than most people think. And it's not necessarily giving up on something or quitting before you start. It's saying, this really is not for me. And the interesting thing with that is if you do that and you do it really quickly and you leave that thing, if that thing is for you, it will come back around or you'll be like, man, maybe I really should have tried swimming. Like, oh, my friends are doing it. That looks fun. Oh, but I'm scared. Like it will come back to you if it's for you. And if it, if you have no interest in it, it's not going to come back around. You know, I have no interest in being a pilot. I hate planes. Flying scares the crap out of me. So like, I would (laughs) never, I know it's never going to come back around where I'm like, oh yes, I'd love to be a pilot, but I know that there's other things that maybe I've left behind. I also have my yoga, yoga teaching certification, but I've never taught, but I've always like, you know what, if that ever came back around, like, yeah, I would be fine with that. So I think that's really cool that you can notice those individual things. And I, and I like get so geeked out when parents use human design with their children, because I think it's a, it's a really interesting way to foster individual individuality in child and to help your connection with the child. And even if you think that human design is totally BS, basically what we're saying is let your child figure out what they like to do. Don't pressure them to be a certain way. Let them be individual, individual. And that can't, to me, that can't be bad. It can't be, you can't go wrong. So it's either way, any way you look at it, just knowing the type of your child and being able to say, oh, okay, you really need to, you're a generator. So you're probably going to need to expel a lot of your energy throughout the day. Like you might get real, like, especially as kids get real antsy. That was the word my mom used. Um, And then you need to go outside and play, or you need to do something to discharge this energy because wow, you're, you're, you got a lot of it today, kid. And you're going to have the same energy. Your husband's going to be different. It's going to depend on the day, the hour, the week. Some days we have a lot of energy and some days we don't, and we can't predict it, which is the hardest part. We have to go, 
you have to wake up in the morning and go, what do I have the energy for today? And it might not be all the stuff on our list. And that's super frustrating as a projector because we want to keep up with you so badly. We just want to, not only do we want to keep up with you, we want to pass you. We would prefer to be ahead of you and to watch the generators that are always ahead and to go, you know, not only do I want to be right next to you, but I want to be past you. And that is like, that looks impossible. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're here to do. We're not here to, to keep up with you. And that's what a lot of projectors waste their time doing is looking at generators in their lives and going, wow, why can't I have three jobs and 12 hobbies? Like, why can't I, you know, sleep five hours a day and be just great and, you know, run my life wonderfully. And it's it just, it's just not the same. So yeah, it's cool that you can notice that with your husband. And I hope he can notice that with himself. It's a, some, most husbands are not super into human design that I, that I, yeah. that I've become aware of, including my own. So uh-huh. <laughs> I just tell him stuff and he's like, okay, cool. Thanks. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he's, and he's like, he, he just gets happy when I get excited about the things that I can tell light him up. Cause I feel it. And I'm like, oh, Ooh, this is exciting. You love shoes. This is so exciting. And then he gets ha- excited. So that part he likes. It's like, I'm yeah. just supposed to do what I get excited about. I'm like, yeah. And everything else you're supposed yeah. to say, no, like be really selfish. Yeah. He tries to use that against me though. He's like, so I don't want to do the dishes. That totally doesn't light me up. Can I just, <laughs> can I say no, no to that one? <laughs> Did you eat off the dishes? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, no, some, some things we have to do because we're adults, even though we don't want to do them. Sorry. <laughs> but I mean, I was like, that was good. That was good. I'm, I was a good one, buddy. Mm-hmm. he's learning he's learning know, human right? Learning. right he's learning it um another thing I noticed that I thought was really cool when I looked at your chart is that you have a defined heart and a defined identity center or g centers sometimes called and these are really powerful energies to have defined especially the heart it's like the home of willpower and competition and the energy to do to get things done to say I'm going to do this thing and to do it usually people who have defined hearts won't ever say out loud that they're going to do something if they're not a thousand gazillion percent sure that it's going to happen because they don't want to be caught in the oh I said I was going to do it and I did it like that's a really not fun feeling for people with defined hearts so you have to be really careful about where you what you commit to and where you put your energy because if you say you're going to do it you're going to do it no matter if you want to or not, it's just going to happen. And a lot of times I try to tell people with defined hearts that there's going to be times when you can't do the thing that you said that you were going to do, and it's going to feel terrible. And you just have to go through the emotion of it. And from the other side, it's not to say that you shouldn't ever commit to things. It's just like, look at what it is and really like get real with it and your expectations and like, Maybe someone wants something from you in a day and, and you can do it, but not in that short period of time. And that's fine. Just let them know. Usually when I schedule podcasts or readings or things, I, I give myself a lot of time at the beginning and the end because I don't want to be like totally freaked out and time-wise about what's going on. And I want to make sure that I can finish the things that I have. I have an undefined heart, but my husband has a defined heart. So I can get some of that energy sometimes. Usually people with defined hearts are competitive and they like to be first and right and number one. (laughs) And this can be, it doesn't have to be like, it sounds, when I say it to me, it sounds like I'm talking about sports, but it doesn't necessarily have to be about sports. It's, it's more like 
the competition to prove that you're number one at life or that you are really great at life and like, wow, you're awesome. And you, the thing is when you have a defined heart, you usually are pretty good at life things because you wouldn't let yourself not be. It's almost like an energy of, well, I can't not be this thing. So I, I am this thing. <laughs> and that's, and that's, the, and, and most people don't have a defined heart. So most people don't have this energy of like really being able to say they'll do something and do it. My sister has a defined heart, my sister-in-law. And when she decided she wanted to quit drinking, she just quit drinking. It was no programs or things that she needed to do. She just said, I'm done. And then she was done and she can be around people who drink all the time and it doesn't, it doesn't affect her. And that really never did. And I was like, whoa, like that's like, that's a strong thing to just do like out of nowhere and, and be like, I'm done with this. And I think a lot of it had to do with her heart and her willpower to say, oh, I'm, I'm good. And then she just stuck, she stuck to it. She gets up at five 30, almost every morning and works out because she wants like, that's the thing she wants to do. So she does it. Mm -hmm. And that sounds really simple to say, oh, that's the thing I want to do, so I'll do it. But most people talk about the thing they want to do, ruminate about the thing they want to do, plan it, and go back and forth with it and don't do the thing. People with defined hearts usually will at least attempt the thing, usually complete the thing. Because they can't not. It's, it's a, I know it sounds weird, but to me it's like a can't not energy where no matter what is going on, I'm going to do this thing. This energy can also be like really um, caring of the, of the group or of the tribe or the family or whatever you've got going on, really like wanting to be protective and like in, in control of the group. And like, okay, this is my family. These are the, my people. I provide for them. I do the things for them. Um, it's me. I got it. And a lot of times it can be hard to share that responsibility. And you just want to say, mm, it's all here. I got it. Look at my defined heart. I can take it all. Like you want to take it because you, you feel that you can. And in some ways you can a little bit better than the rest of us, but there's going to be times when it's too much and you realize, oh, like, I'm doing everything and I'm taking on all the responsibility because I'm afraid to share. It might be a control thing. It might be a fear thing. This to me really depends on your conditioning from life. Um, I have like real control issues from my past and from growing up. And so to me, control equals love. And if I'm trying to control you, it's because I love you and I know better than you do. And just listen to me and it will be, it will go and be great. And to me, that's how, what I think of when I think of control and it's not correct. <laughs> it is not a good thing to do to other people. So that's what I've been working on a lot. And that's kind of like the, the shadow of the defined heart is you might find yourself really wanting to be in control a lot of the time. What do you think? Uh, I am definitely the one that feels like I am the, you know, in charge of the family. Like mm -hmm. that's the, I'm mama bear mm -hmm. and you don't come through mama bear and mm -hmm. you don't jack with mama bear and you don't jack with her cubs. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and this so is good. This is like good energy. So keep talking. I don't want any people to think that any of this is good or bad. It's all relative, but continue. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I'm, that's definitely 
my, <laughs> I, I, I have, I think the older that I've gotten kind of learned to let go a little mm-hmm. bit of certain controls. Um, mm-hmm. I used to be very selfish with my time, uh, specifically with my husband, but he was military and we were, you know, so I was very selfish of that time. Yeah. Um, And I I think I've learned as I've gotten older to back off a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, me too. Me too. It's a hard one. Yeah, but I am, I'm definitely a passionate person when it comes to my family and that that resonates <laughs> good good yeah well that's good and and like I said it's it's a good thing but there's also little pieces of it to it's almost like you can get too much of a good thing when we look at to me when we look at the defined centers it's almost like sometimes there's too much of that good thing yeah and with the undefined centers it's more like a too much of all of the things from all of the people <laughs> Uh-huh. So, so yeah, and you have an un, you have a defined identity or G center too, which is really that's your center for direction and love and like how you know where you're going. And usually, people with a defined G center know where they're going ish. They don't know how it's gonna go. They don't know how they're gonna get there, but they have this idea of like, okay, I this is where I would like to be, and I feel that I I'm going that way, and I feel like I'm getting there. The frustrating part sometimes with defined identities is you don't get the benefit of a clear laid out path. I mean, nobody does, but you of all people, because you have that energy, are like, okay, I see it. There it is. I I know I can get there. Just lay it out for me and it's not going to happen. So it can be a little bit frustrating. That's kind of a little bit of the shadow of the defined uh, G center. Usually people with defined G center have a strong sense of, of love for themselves and for other people. And they feel the love from others. They can feel the love from their family and from their friends and they can feel their it's very easy for them to feel it and to feel grateful for it and to, and to know, oh, okay, I can feel this love. People with undefined, undefined identity centers sometimes have a hard time seeing love from others. They just don't see it or feel it or they question it. They don't trust it, all this kind of stuff. But when you have a defined identity center, usually if you feel loving energy for someone, from someone, you're like, okay, like, yeah, I get it. Like, that's my husband or those are my kids or those are my friends, you know? how does that correlate to the other, you know, so if I feel their love, do I also feel their frustration and their, you do you know, because they're other. Yes, you do because you have an undefined solar plexus, which is the emotional center. Mm-hmm. So you are always going to feel other people's emotions, no matter what they are, positive, negative, in between, you always have have them around you. And a lot of times you'll feel it more strongly than the other person. So if somebody's having a bummer of a day because they, they burnt their toast this morning, you will feel that as like, what happened? Did your dog die? Like, oh my God, what happened? Like it will feel like something terrible has happened because you're taking the energy and amplifying it in your own body. This is what I, usually what I tell people is this is that energy you feel when you're, when you have this constant urge to ask somebody what's wrong, what's wrong. Are you okay? What's wrong. Are you okay? Yeah, that's me. Me too. (laughs) And it's because you feel this stuff and you're like, oh my gosh, they must be having like the worst day of their life when it's really like, oh, I burned my tongue on my coffee this morning. And you're like, 
oh. And when they tell you, you're like, well, then why do you feel so terrible? And they don't. We feel, it's us. It is not uh-huh. them. And this is where it can get crazy and like turn you over a little bit is, is when you're feeling very intense emotions, very like, oh my God, it is not them that is doing that to you. You are amplifying it in your own body. We are tricking ourselves. And we also trick ourselves to think that it's ours, that it's our energy, it's our emotions, even if it's not, even if it's all them, even if we're witnessing a, an argument between two people and it, in our body, we're like, oh, this feels, ugh, I don't like this. I don't want to be uh-huh. here. Like, oh, it's terrible. When they could just be having like, I don't know, an argument about sports or something innocuous. And you're just like, I don't, I can't like you, it, it like physically will hit your body. That's how I feel anyway is I physically feel people's emotions hit my body and it makes me very uncomfortable when they're those types of emotions. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'm really Mm -hmm. not a confrontation person. I'm not, I like everybody to be like happy and nice people pleaser energy really comes from the undefined solar plexus because we don't want to feel it. We don't want to feel it. So we don't want them to have it because we know if they have that energy and that emotion, we'll feel it times 10. So we go, oh, okay. What can I do to make sure you're super happy and chill and everything's fine because I don't want to feel your energy. And it's crazy when you turn it around like that, because you really, it really puts it on us. It really puts it on us to be aware of the emotions we're taking in to be loving with ourselves and go, Oh, I need to step away from the situation or, you know what? I know we're right in the middle of a fight, but can I just step away so I can gather my thoughts? Because right now all this energy is like, crazy to me and I'm not sure what I want to say next. So can I just step away? Or, you know, it can just, if you know that a person is emotionally draining to you, you might not want to be around that person anymore. You might have to like cut off friendships and do all these things, but it's, it's for your own personal energy. And it's really good to be aware of this because it gives us, first of all, we have to take responsibility in a little bit of a way when we, when we do this, we can't stop it. So you're never going to be so aligned with your design that you can like block all of the emotions from hitting you and you're totally fine. And we can't, we can't stop the emotions from coming in and from being amplified. There's just no way. It's not the point anyway, but we learn to recognize them and to go, oh, okay, that's not me. That's not me right now. I, I, I need to, you know, go away or maybe I need to Maybe you don't have time to like get away from the situation, but you might put it in your head. You know what? I need to make sure I sit down and take a few deep breaths when I'm out of the situation, just to like, let this go or be somewhere that's quiet where you're alone, alone, like legit alone. It can be a room in your house where you can close the door, but even if you're around an animal, a dog in your house, you're taking in that energy. So it's always best if you can. And even if it's for a short period of time to just be completely alone, which can be scary for some people, but I mean, Hey, if you're driving in your car alone, that's your alone time. So go for it. Yeah. (laughs) And then you can kind of, for me, it helps to talk to myself. I am a mental projector. So I talk to myself a lot Um, and to talk through like, okay, this is what I felt. Why did I feel this? It was because of X, Y, Z yeah, it still feels crappy. And we're still, and we hang on, we hang on, mm-hmm. like it stays in real we, tight. <laughs> yeah. And something can, and we can make us feel crappy for like days and days. And then we're like, why, why am I feeling this? And you're like, oh yeah, last week, I remember this person was in a bad mood and now I'm carrying it to here. And it's just like, and we can get real 
hard on ourselves and real mean to ourselves. Like, why, why do I do this? How can I stop this? Like what's wrong? And the awareness is the thing and the compassion is the thing. So it's no, it's, it's the fighting against it is just going to leave us exhausted and, and feeling like crap about ourselves. So for me, and I still, I still have a hard time emotion. I'm a crier. So if like any sort of emotion comes near me, I'm just like happy, sad, whatever. Like I'm tearing up right now, but uh, (laughs) it just happens. And so I have to just accept it and go, you know what, that's fine. That's how you process emotions and energy and it'll all be okay. So for me, it's awareness and acceptance and compassion. And the open solar plexus or the undefined solar plexus is one of the strongest conditioners of the entire chart because having, learning how to manage emotions, especially when most of them are not yours. This is not to say that you don't ever have emotion because you do. Right. But when, when it feels too hot for the situation, when it's like, why is it here? When the situation is here, that's when you know you're amplifying stuff that is not yours. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I look at it. Obviously I still can, can get overwhelmed and be over in my own head and my own emotions, but I can tell when I feel something go like, and I'm like, whoa, like how did that happen? I know that I need to take a step back and I'm like, okay, this Mm -hmm. is not me. Yeah. That's, that's a big, that's a big thing in human design to like work on and notice is when you, you feel your emotions getting away from you, Mm -hmm. they are not you, but you still have the responsibility of them. (laughs) Yeah. So you just say thanks to everybody around you for giving yeah. them all your crap and <laughs> you work through it and you get better at it. I got, I'm so much better at it than I used to be. And when I say better, I mean better at noticing and better at forgiving myself. And then it goes away a little bit more quickly when I'm mm-hmm. like, eh, it's okay. That's not you. That's this person. It's okay. Then it yeah, goes and I do, away. Yeah. We do a lot of uh, visualization type work. Mm-hmm. So like if I feel like high anxiety, I'll get in the shower and I will imagine that all of that energy is at the top of my head. And then I'll just let the water kind of like run down and I will like bring my awareness to the shower, to the water and just kind of let that, all of that run all the way down my body. And then I will watch it leave in the drain. And that sometimes that just, it doesn't always work perfectly well because I am a high anxiety and we're Very, humans and we're humans and you know <laughs> but sometimes that's you know just visualizing that all, yeah. all just kind of rinsing away and you know leaving yeah it, it is helpful that's cool I'm gonna have to steal that I like that yeah lot. I like that one yeah and it's like that anything like that and anything that works for you and there might be multiple things that work for you and it might not work for you every time, but the fact that you're aware and that you're practicing these things to, to sort of bring you back into a calmer headspace is, is the, one of the most important parts about it, I think. So good for you. <laughs> so yeah, that's the main, that's a lot of the things that I wanted to touch on was make sure I talked about your defined heart and identity because those are our, our big ends. And then we talked a little, we touched a little bit on pressure, but that's your head and your root. Um, opposite pressures, not opposite, but different pressures, not opposite. Mm-hmm. The root center is the pressure to do. And it's just gonna always tell you that you are not doing enough 
and that you have more time and you'll, there's always time to get something done. So continue to do. And if you're not doing, then you're lazy. And it can be a, a, a hard one to, to reconcile, especially in our society of doing and creating and achieving and 110% and all that stuff. You feel like, okay, I have to have my to-do list for the day and finish all these things. And okay, what's next week and what's coming up next month. And the root, that's the root center. The root center is future casting for you and telling you, you have to do it. You have to go and do it somehow. And that pressure is best alleviated by getting right with yourself that the work will never be done. You will never be done with it because it's life. So as long as you're alive, you're not done. And you just have to accept that your time is your time and you do with it what you want and whatever it is that makes you feel fulfilled with your time. Even if it's, you know, sitting and watching a trashy TV show because you're exhausted and you need to take a break, then that's the best use of your time. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's really where the root, root center pressure comes in and it will come out of nowhere and it will, it can one day you might have nothing going on and your root is quiet and you're like, oh, this is great. And you can actually relax. And then another day your root can be like, hey, hey, what, what do you got going on? What are you doing? What's happening? And it can just be all over the place and you just have to be aware. And the head center is more of the pressure to know and the pressure to have all the answers and to assuage all the worries. So, and this is where it really, because I have an undefined head too. This is where it really gets me is when, the, when someone told me this, you want to fix all the worries. Like if you know someone has a problem or if you know someone's got something going on in your life, you want to figure out a way to fix it for them. And you want to tell them, okay, this is how you can fix it. Or you want to get in there and fix it. And it's, again, it's coming from a place of love of, okay, this person, you know, might not be able to pay their rent this month. I need to figure out how to fix that for them. Maybe I give them money. Maybe, I don't know, I give them work. I don't know, something, but I have to fix it. And that's the, the head center will always do that to you. We'll always say, you need to fix this. How do you, how do you fix it? <laughs> how do you make it work again? How do you take the worry off this person's plate? How do you answer this person's question even though it has nothing to do with you and they're not even looking at you to answer it. It's, it's a lot of the pressure to, to be right, to have the right answer and to be the one that people look to for the answers. And that can be a little crazy. And it also has a lot to do with when you have an, an undefined head and an undefined Ajna, you'll always be dealing with anxiety because that's where anxiety hangs out. <laughs> I know <laughs> you made a face, I did too. Aww. <laughs> I have, I have an undefined head and I have a defined Ajna and I still have issues with anxiety. I'm usually able to logic my way out of them. And that's where I think my defined Ajna comes in is I can like find logical things in life to show me why my anxiety is, is a little too like, it, I'm overthinking, I'm over worrying. It's, o it's over. And these are the logical reasons why. And at first I thought, that's not a good thing to do. You should not do it that way because you need to come up with uh, better reasons why and you need to come do this all spiritually and not with your mind. You need to not use your mind. You don't use your mind to make decisions in human design. Oh, and I like got on myself. And then I realized I'm not using my mind to make decisions. I'm using my mind to slow my roll <laughs> basically and to like bring myself down a notch energetically 
And it works very well for me and has worked for me my, my whole life is, and I, and when I learned about human design and I learned that I, I tend to over intellectualize, over intellectualize things and over logic things, instead of listening to my body, I, I threw logic away. I'm like, Oh, I can't, I can't be, use my brain. I can't be smart. I can't use any of that stuff. And then I realized, no, that's silly. It doesn't mean you can't use it. It's just not there to help you make choices. It can be there to get things straight and assimilated in your mind to get things like lined up and in order, which is how I use my defined Ajna, but it's never here to make the choice. And it's going to want to, especially when you have both of them undefined, it's, they're going to say, do the smart thing. This is the smart thing. This is the responsible thing. This is what you should do. And even if your body's like, ugh, I don't, I don't want to take that job or I don't want to have that friend or that meeting or I don't want to do that thing, your mind is always going to say, what's the most responsible thing? What's the thing that makes you look like the best possible human? That's what you should do. And it's not right. It's telling you lies. <laughs> uh-huh. And all is resonating. <laughs> well, good. You're nailing Katie on the head here. <laughs> right, right. And the thing is, I know the anxiety part is, it can be very, it's like, well, what's the point? Like, what is the point of this anxiety? Like, why? Why do I have this? And again, that's over intellectualizing and really trying to think about it. And I, I can't tell you a reason why. I'm sure there's like genetic caveman reasons why we have anxiety. And I, I'm not sure what it is, but I do know that the more that you recognize it and the more that you love yourself through it, the the easier it is to see it for what it is. And it's, it's just a, a, a reaction that your body has towards stimuli, I guess, or towards something happening. And I, to me, when I think about it that way, or if I'm like, okay, this is a chemical response that my body is having towards the thing. Like this, this whole apartment thing I was telling you about before, huge amounts mm-hmm. of anxiety, huge off right. the charts anxiety. And I logic my way out of it by saying, okay, everybody feels this way when they have a big change coming. This is not just you. Like this is a normal reaction. Yeah. Your stomach is in knots. Yeah. Your palms are sweaty. That's, that's the reaction the body has when it's confronted with change and with, with uncertainty. And so you're okay. So like, I like to tell, tell myself, I'm like, this is just your body having these reactions. And it helps me. It, it makes me go, yeah, that's right. Like I'm not new in these reactions like everybody feels this way sometimes and it really does kind of normalize it for me it doesn't take the anxiety away I still have naughty stomach right now but um, (laughs) it helps me to see it and go okay this is where it is and it's going to diminish it might not go away completely but it's going to fade a little bit to like a manageable thing and then it will turn into excitement when we move and it's wonderful and beautiful and we love it. And then I'll be like, right. oh, oh, I had anxiety for no reason. This is wonderful. But really the reason was to show me that I needed to get my ducks in a row logically up here. And so I stopped, I can slow the swirling. That's mm-hmm. how I, that's how I describe an undefined head. I feel like stuff is always swirling in here and sometimes it gets overwhelming and mm-hmm. sometimes and sometimes things get in and are swirling around that are not important. Our mind, our undefined minds focus on things that are not important a lot of the time. And so I have to pull those things out and go, oh, okay, this isn't happening for a month. That's not important. Or I have no control over this. That's not important. 
they don't go away, but I identify them and say, you're not important, you're not important. <laughs> and it helps me feel like I have some sort of control without being controlling. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I see with your chart. I wrote down a couple of other things that I'm just going to touch on because they're more specific and I wanted to be a little bit more specific with you. You have uh, channel 2551, which is the channel of initiation. And it's about the energy for wanting, rewarding, and invigorating experiences, new opportunities for really just wanting to get things started and have new things happening. And maybe to start things for other people that are new or to introduce somebody to something new. Or it's really about wanting to transform things with newness, <laughs> essentially. This is a channel that goes from your heart to your G center. And I told you the heart center makes you competitive. This channel makes you first. You want the first, the first is the thing. And in this channel is I wanna be first is like the sentence for this channel. And it gives you like this drive to, to do things so that you can be first, but it's not so much like I need to be first because I need to beat everyone. It's I need to be first so that I can show other people that it's possible. I need to be first so that I can show people, look what happens when you get here, like get over here. I'm here, I'm first, get over here with me. So it's more of a, I do wanna be there first, but I don't wanna be there alone. Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the energy of this. It's like running to the finish line and jumping up and down and looking back for your friends and being like, come on, come on. Like, yeah, I want you here too but I was first. <laughs> so this, um, it also, because it comes from your heart, you have this like unconditional love energy where you really want people to understand that unconditional love is about spiritual rather than physical. It has nothing to do with the physical body and loving someone physically or anything like that. It's higher. It's more, it's, it's a more encompassing thing and it's bigger than that. And that's kind of your message when it comes to life and love is I'm here to show you that unconditional love is bigger than what you think it is. It's different than what you think it is and it's bigger. And it's really the thing. It's really an important thing. With this channel, when you have this channel, it's, it's really, you have this drive to show people that and to tell people that and to, 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 to get them to, to, to really put it in their heart and to say, oh, okay, like, you're right. Like, I need to love this person unconditionally and I'm not doing that right now. So like, how do I get it? How do I make it bigger? How do I make my love bigger? So this is like a really big, like love energy, love for yourself, love for other people, but it has nothing to do with physical love. It's all mm -hmm. spiritual and emotional, stuff like that. So that's a good one. And now it's going to make me cry, but, um, <laughs> that's, I, I love it so much. I was listening to a, a clubhouse thing yesterday and the lady, it's going to make me cry again, but the lady said, uh, we are empowered messengers. And I don't know why that felt like it fit there, mm -hmm. that, that, that we're empowered messengers for, you know, living through this compassionate lens and loving on people the way yeah. they need to be loved on. And maybe they don't deserve to be loved on that way, but we all need yeah. that love. So that's, that's so the right, you just spoke directly from that channel when you said that, because that's exactly what it is. 
is and is to show people that and to, to not only to show them but you really want to like get it into their mind and their system like this is important this is a big thing that you should really I don't know what the word impress upon them that's what I'm trying mm -hmm. to think of you also have channel 214 this is such a good one this is um from your g center to your sacral and it's the channel of the alchemist so this is the channel of turning shit into gold essentially <laughs> really people with this energy can take any almost any situation that is given to them or any thing that is happening and they can turn it and they can spin it into something wonderful they can take a business that is is dwindling and turn it into a business that is thriving. They can take someone who is having a really hard time with their fitness plan or their mental health or whatever it is and say, okay, this is how you turn it around. And they turn it around for them. It's like a superpower almost. You have like this super strength of turning situations around and fixing the problems. And a lot of times people with this energy, we already talked about it, don't want help with this. They want to do it themselves. <laughs> and it's, you get that feeling because you have the energy. It's not like you're, a lot of times people will look at this, this energy and say, oh, that person's, you know, a little full of themselves, but it's not that at all. It's, you have this energy. It's a strong energy that you have and you actually can do the things that I'm saying. It's not like you're blowing smoke up people's butts and saying, oh yeah, I'm going to change this around and look at me. It's more like, oh, you need this, this, and this done. Okay. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to structure this, this way. And now look it works much better. And it can be surprising for people because you might be able to do this very easily. You might be able to see something that they didn't see. And you were like, and they're like, oh, oh, that's all, that's the thing I gotta do. And you're like, yep. And if you do this, this and this, this will happen. And it, it's a really powerful, strong energy. This is really also the energy for resource management, for property management, for management of all things material and for being good at it, essentially. I don't know how else to word it, but just being good at, at resource management and, and having the energy to have resources come to you without you really doing anything. They just kind of find you sometimes. And when I say resources, I mean money, but I also may mean things that you might need in your life that are resources. I don't know, food, clothing, love, uh, support a uh, partner or some, anything that helps you to get to the next thing. That's what I'm talking about when I mean resources and you're good at managing those things. So that's the, the 214, right? It's best in response to generated channel because you're a generator. This is a generated channel. So it's best in response. So it's best when you use this along with your uh, strategy of uh, response life. So Usually when it comes to deciding whether or not you want to take something on or deciding whether or not it's the project for you or anything like that, it's, you have to do the yes, no, maybe deal mm -hmm. to decide if that's right. Cause if you jump into something and would try to fix something or try to turn water into wine, when it's not something that lights you up or it's not your time, it's not going to go well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's, that's your, that's your channels. You have those two, two channels. And I love both of those channels very much. So I'm glad that you had both those. When I saw them, I was like, oh yeah, I love talking about these ones. So um, yeah, that's kind of an overview of your chart. Do you have any questions about anything or about your chart or human design in general? 
Um, I think we covered, you yeah, know. I know I talked a lot. <laughs> no, it's, I, I, I love this because it is so affirming mm. and um, validating and just really kind of helps you to understand you. And then, you know, once we add in, you know, all of the other types. So like the, you, like you being a projector and me being a generator and how we kind of work together. Um, that all is just so, it's been really mind blowing and opening here mm-hmm. in the last couple, you know, months that I've really kind of been. Oh, I'm so happy that you're like at the beginning, beginning. I've, I've only been in it for about three years, but I remember I remember when I first was starting and it was like, it was the same. I was like, this is really affirming and cool. I have, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep, oh, this is freaking me out. Oh, this is too much. Oh, let's keep going. Like there would be Uh times when I was like, I don't know if I want to like go down this rabbit hole. And then I would, and I was like, yes, this is so amazing. So keep going because you're just going to keep finding more stuff and it's going to be fun. And then there's stuff that you're going to find and you're going to be like, oh, this isn't right. This isn't a part of my chart. This isn't me. I don't, this is it. And then one day something will happen and you'll be like, shit, that <laughs> is me. Uh-huh. I learned I was a projector and I learned that my not self theme was bitterness. I was like, that's not the right word. Human design picked the wrong word. Bitterness. No, I don't, I don't know what that is. I'll, I'll, I'll think of a different word. I was bitter that I had bitterness as a not self theme. <laughs> like that was what I was doing. Right. And so now it's, it's cool to see those things and go, oh, okay, I've accepted that. And I also use it to my advantage. So keep going. Cause it's really fun and it's wonderful. And I'm so glad that you're using it with your kids. Like I said, I think that that's really cool. Um, and anyone who's listening, this was like a very brief overview of a chart. So what we went over is kind of surf is kind of just at the very beginning stuff. If you're first learning about human design, type, strategy, authority, profile, those are your four. That's kind of where you, you want to hang around for a little bit so it doesn't get too overwhelming. We went into centers too because it's fun and I love the centers. But human design readings are really a lot more involved and get a lot deeper and more personal. And like I could talk about your chart. I mean, what I talked about it for an hour now. I could. I could go on for another hour. Easy, easy. Just by looking at it. I don't have notes. I just look at it and I'm like this, 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 this. And it's so cool to be able to do that and to know that that's like my thing right now. Like that's my energy right now. So thanks for letting me use it on you. (laughs) Thank you so much. This was amazing. I'm so glad that we got to do this. Me too. Me too. And I'm glad that we met in Clubhouse and I know we'll see each other more. There is uh, one more question that I want to ask you. After you survive the apocalypse, what would be your job? Oh my. Uh, Is there other people there? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. You get free reign of job choice. What do you want to do in this apocalyptic world? In the apocalyptic world. Post-apocalyptic. I want to find ways to love on people and make them feel safe again, I guess. I Yeah. Like the protector of the group, yoga, meditation, all that stuff. That's kind of what I wrote down. I would really want to cook. 
I love to cook. And Do so you? I'm like, there, I'm sure people would need to be fed. So I would be pretty high demand if I was a cook. So uh-huh. I think that's what I would do would be to, to use my, my cooking skills. So, yeah, I don't have cooking skills. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, I've, I've enjoy it very much. And since it's just me and my husband, sometimes I like make too, way too much food. So yeah. I'm sure in a post apocalyptic world, there'd be a lot of people to feed. <laughs> yeah. So, so we all feed people's bellies and you can feed people's minds and, and mental Perfect. and emotional and <laughs> spiritual. It'll be wonderful. Thank you so much again. This was awesome. And thank you, uh, thank you all for listening. Why don't you tell us how we can find you on like social media and stuff for people who want to find you? Okay. So uh, on social media, on um, Instagram, you can find us at For the Love of Two Hippies, uh, the number two. Um, or you can find me on Instagram. My own personal page is yoga with Katie KC. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What do you want clubhouse? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm, you're probably Katie Cunningham. If you I got in Katie early, Cunningham. Yeah. yeah. If you got in early, you got your name. I did too. Katie Cunningham on clubhouse, Janelle Turner on clubhouse, Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for coming on. And we will catch you guys later. Thank you for listening to Chatting Human Design. Join me again soon. Have a fantastic day. 